Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd, which means we are exactly one day away from the NBA draft. What's up, Al? One more day. One more day, man. We're finally here, and we got a lot to talk about. Um, If you've been paying attention, there's been a lot of noise that's been going around this past week. It's been absolutely uh, chaotic. It's been madness. It's been amazing if you're into this type of stuff. If you're into... The the rumors, the speculations, the the he say she say. This is definitely your episode because we're gonna break all of it down. But before we get into that, just definitely want to give a quick shout out to our Patreon. Um, if you haven't heard, we've released our Patreon now. It what seems like it's been about what two three weeks now. Um, so quick shout out to our HQ officers: Casey Wood, Finn's fan for life, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Mister Mikey. Zico, Dylan Holden, Yadiel, and Eric Randall. Um, a lot of great conversation happening on our Discord. Um, it, it, and these has been like a perfect mold of, of people because it's been literally nonstop Orlando Magic basketball talk all day long. It's been great. It's been great. Um, I'm not sure Al, about you, but it's it's your wife liking it as much as uh, oh man, my my <laughs> wife is not nah. No, it's just like an added layer of additional. Like it's already bad enough that I'm addicted to this stuff, and then you just add another another portal of just a lot of Orlando Magic basketball talk. And you know, it's it's great, man. If you guys are looking for a, a more in depth community, I, I think that we are definitely growing something special. And we have a lot to offer and a lot of things excited for. Um, we're going to be doing our, our roundtable discussion, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be really really exciting stuff coming out. Now, how don't, don't forget, wait, before you go there, don't forget the okay, giveaway. Okay. We're giving okay. away oh, the, f- the giveaway. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So, so two, the- two, two giveaways right now. We we're going to be releasing one giveaway specifically for our Patreons. There's going to be a Jersey. Um, and we've talked about this in the podcast before, but it's going to be a Jersey of whoever it is that we end up selecting with our, our pick, whether it be the first pick, whether it, whether it be us trading the first pick and getting whoever, whoever it is that we select, you're going to get the chance to be able to win that. And that was specifically for our Patreon. And we're going to be releasing another um, giveaway, which will be an 8 by 10 poster, an autograph Franz Wagner. That will be releasing details um, on draft day on Orlando Magic HQ social media platforms across the board. So a lot of things to be excited for, a lot of prizes to be selected. Now, it's exciting. With that said, if you didn't know, I was gone for a couple of days because he decided last <laughs> minute to, I don't know, I don't know, do something crazy and fly out to Boston and, and make it to game six where you saw his second favorite team, Golden State Warriors, win the NBA championship. How was that, Al? Dude, it was crazy, man. It was, it, the, the stars aligned perfectly. So my wife, for those I don't know, my wife travels a lot for work. And last minute, she's like, hey, I got to go up north. I would have to leave either Wednesday night or Thursday morning. And thankfully, I started a new job now where I'm remotely. I'm training. All my trainings are done virtually. So I'm like, wait, let me ask my boss if it's okay for me to work out of a hotel room for a day or two and maybe make it to this game if the Warriors make it to game six. Thankfully, they did. Thankfully, he said yes. And thankfully, we found, again, a great deal to go to Boston, the hotel and all this stuff. Uh, The tickets were a little pricey, not going to lie. But 
man, came the chance to witness live Stephen Curry win his finals MVP finally. The Warriors win in Boston. I got to tell you, man, priceless. We went to bed, I think, at four in the morning that night. Um, we were hitting the bars in Boston. And I said it on Twitter. Boston fans are amazing, man. Like, yes, during the game, they were booing, kind of throwing jabs at me. But once they won, the shift in, in, in basically attitude to now, hey, man, you guys deserve it. Congratulations, this and that. And mind you, you guys know I'm a, I'm a Stephen Curry fan. I'm not really a Warriors fan. I support Stephen Curry. But even then, man, the fact that these people embrace Warriors fans, not only me, but those that were there at the bar along with me, they were buying shots for us. It was a great, great night, great experience. The way I can describe it is it felt like a movie. Like being there, seeing a team win a championship live, it made me so much more hungry to see that happen in Orlando. I wasn't here when Dwight and the Magic made it back in, in 2009. Um, so I just can't wait for that to happen in Orlando. I mean, I don't know what I would do with myself. If this was exciting because my favorite player won, imagine my actual team winning. I don't know what I would do with myself. Um, but to, I mean, it was an amazing experience. I mean, really one of those bucket list items that you check off in your life that took place last week. So, and thank you, man, because you carry the HQ for the last, uh, week to week and a half kind of here with all these uh, things that are going on. So I owe you a few drinks uh, at the party on Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to let you forget that either. Definitely owe no. me a few drinks. I hey, got you. <laughs> you know, it, it must be really nice to have a secondary favorite team and, and they win like an NBA championship and you're excited about it. I don't know what that feeling is like. That's what, ha that's what happens. Born and raised in Orlando, if you if you know me, you already know that information. I don't, I don't follow. Like for me personally, I don't have my favorite player or players that, you know, wear my wear my uniform it's it's i wish i can really like even if you know i, I like watching when say warriors play i you know i i like steph curry as as a player i think that he does a lot of great um things in the nba and whatnot but yeah i can like passionately i can't get in, i can't be invested like that i wish i can be invested the way that you're invested i really do yeah i mean i'm happy but I gotta, I gotta be honest though like it, it's hard to do like they play so late during the during the I week most of the time they play at 10 p.m so truly, I don't really get like to watch him every single game like I do with the Magic. I get to really pick things up in the playoffs. Thankfully, they make it pretty much every year. So I pick it up in the playoffs. But I mean, during the season, it's kind of hard. I keep track of the stats. I keep track of his accomplishments. Um, so really, the Magic are my team. But again, it's kind of worked out where the Magic has been struggling the last six, seven, eight years. And the Warriors kind of shifted into this dynasty that they become. Um, so kind of good timing. But I'm ready for it to shift back to the Magic being great. And hopefully, Seth be great too so we'll see what happens but uh it's worked out in, in that sense and you know what the great thing about Golden State Warriors winning the championship is that the NBA season's finally over that's it man we're on square we're square one everyone has the same record and right now the Orlando Magic are on the mountaintop with that being said they just released the new power ranking well the early prediction power rankings um through ESPN and they they listed the Orlando Magic as a 30th worst team in the NBA, the 30th. Now keep this in mind, it's ESPN. So we know they have very knowledgeable people that really understand the Orlando Magic, that watch every single game. And whoever put this list together understands that everything involved from Franz Wagner to, to getting a healthy Markel Fultz and hopefully a healthy Jonathan Isaac and adding this number one pick, they're, they're taking all these elements into consideration, but yet they still put us at 30th. Agree or disagree? I already know your answer, but I got to ask. I mean, it's embarrassing. You mentioned Franz Wagner's name. Guess what? He was not even mentioned in the one paragraph time they wrote about the magic. Um, 
It is what it is, Mary. Like you mentioned, we know with the Magic win in the lottery, it was so obvious when this reporter's analyst had to talk about the Magic on, on national media, and all of a sudden they're like talking about things that just don't make any sense. Um, it is what it is. You know, I'm not going to go, go too much. We have better things to talk about tonight. Um, but I would just say it's embarrassing, you know, for, for an NBA analyst, uh, ESPN, such a large source, to not know what's going on in Orlando, to not know the potential of this team and how well we played when healthy, when Raquel came back. And mind you, you're adding two talented young guys in J.I. in a first-round pick in a few months, let alone the development that's going on, the, the way the team has played when healthy. It's incredible to me, but it is what it is. You know, we got to take it. And, hey, if I'm mostly and I'm the players – this is motivation for you next year to say, hey, let's prove them wrong. Like, it's it's okay if they're kind of off a little bit, but to me personally, it doesn't feel that way because we've had conversation, other people in the fan base, we've, we've had conversations where we say, you know, this team could really at least be competitive enough to we're expecting. The expectation is to play in tournament. That's, that's at the bare minimum. We understand that there's a lot of factors that go into that. Health. Uh, the number one pick that we have is is playing like a number one pick and development from all the other key players. But we're not even taking into consideration what the Magic plan on doing with free agency. We're not taking into consideration what the Magic could or could not do during the trade um, trade portion of it. Like there's a lot of like we'll, the team that we see right now will not be the team that we end up seeing, you know, day one when the season starts. And for and I and granted it's they they specifically say early power rankings i just think it's laughable that it's it's the the amount of disrespect that we get from the national media to where they say as of right now it's the 30th i just don't see how that's really really possible like i said to me it's motivation that's all it is take it wrong with it make good decisions this whole season and improve them wrong that's all you can do yeah now they already came out with the summer league scheduled um, the summer league schedule that's been released. Magic will open up the summer league on July 7th against the Houston Rockets. We'll play Sacramento on July 9th and the OKC on the 11th, followed by the Knicks on the 14th. Um, I believe from what I read, they're going to have three games that's nationally televised, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it's going to be on ESPN. Um, so I th uh -huh. Three on ESPN, one yep. on NBA TV. So pretty much all go. of them are going to so be. Four. Yeah. Great. So that's awesome. The great thing about that is that we're going to get a chance to really have a first look at us going against Houston. So we're looking at the first pick going against the third pick. And I really, really hope that in that game, we're watching Paolo play, whether that be for us or for Houston. I'm dying to see what that matchup ends up looking like. Yeah. And then also don't forget OKC, the, night, uh, the third game against OKC. So by then it's, it's hard to predict whether these players will be playing or not. But if they are, that'll be, so basically you get to see the, the first pick, you get to see the second and the third in a, in a span of a few days. Um, so it should be fun. <clears throat> yep. And then just recently, we also heard Jeff Waltman um, come out. He had a press conference. We got a chance to talk to the media. Um, what were your thoughts on some of the things that you heard from Jeff Waltman? Absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> yep, pretty much. That's, that's, that's a great summary. <laughs> Absolutely it's, nothing. Uh, 30 minutes of answering a question and not really saying anything. Uh, so we, we know that already, right? Like there were a few things I will say. Like he kind of acknowledged the Terrence Ross rumors and basically said you know we are trade we are actively looking for options but also don't be surprised if he's here next year so what's the outcome of that nothing he nothing. could be here he may not be here um we heard about either uh, the magic trading the pick or not trading the pick we don't know it could happen but probably it won't so again you're back to square one 
So it was 30 minutes of, again, just a lot of nonsense, <laughs> just not really answering the questions clearly. Uh, one of them, my favorite, was asking him clearly, did Paulo Banquero come to Orlando work out? And he went all the way around it and did not answer the question. So uh, it is what it is, man. I'm used to it by now. Yeah, so he, he was quoted as saying, I expect us to make this pick. That said, it's our job to explore any avenue to make this team better. So he did not not say that he wouldn't trade it. He did not not say that he was definitely going to make the pick. Um, and you're right. He didn't, when he was asked specifically if he worked out with Paolo, he confirmed what we all know is that they take really great pride in not releasing any information. He thinks that that's in fairness of of the players that he brings in, as well as you know the, the team strategy and and they're right. That's kind of how they operated completely. Um, I just I just wish that at least some confirmation would happen. So some of the confirmations that we did get is the fact that we did confirm that we worked out Chet, Ivy, and Sharp, who have worked out for the Magic. We already knew that Jabari had worked out for the Magic. Um, but what are your thoughts so far on the guys that we have brought in? So, I mean, as we expected, pretty much separating everybody. Another name that we know that also came into Orlando was Keegan Murray. So if you think about that, the first six, seven picks have been to Orlando, with the exception of Paulo. We, we haven't gotten a confirmation on that one yet, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, but I mean, it's, it's what we expected. The Magic will do their homework. They were going to see every single player that's projected to be a top pick. And I don't blame them. They have a choice to make, which is let's get these guys, let's get to know them. And don't forget what we've heard in the past. You're also interviewing guys for the future. If you got a chance to trade for them a year from now, two years from now, now you know who they are. Now you know what you like about them, what you dislike about them. So I don't think we'll draft Sharp or Ivy unless we trade down. But, hey, it doesn't hurt. If they're not happy with their team they're in in a few years, we have the ability to trade for them and we like them enough personally, we can acquire them. Uh, but, yeah, nothing new there. I think we all expected that. What is surprising to me is our next topic about Paulo. But let's see where that goes. What's going on, Magic fans? Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals actions with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals? With a DraftKings same game parlay, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 same-game parlay and won over $5,000. You can create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team is going to win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There's been a major shift on how everyone is viewing Paolo Pankero. This is someone that I've been talking about so much for the last 30 days. And 30 days ago, we had already kind of figured that Paolo Bancaro is just not going to happen. There's zero chance. So it kind of forced people that are rooting for Paolo, like myself, to kind of look else, elsewhere. But what we've been seeing is that there's there's might or might not be a real possibility. So a lot of chaos has occurred. 
where there's been mixed reports pretty much saying, you know, is, is Paolo really a possibility? There's been conflicting reports. They're saying that, you know, he is now the second best odds to be drafted by the Magic, surpassing Chet according to Vegas odds. But there's also reports indicating he does not believe in he does not believe that the Magic will draft him. And as a result, he has not worked out for the Magic, pretty much saying that he's been kind of postponing working out for the Magic numerous times. And, you know, with that, we're already so close to the NBA draft. So it, it may not seem as if we're going to get that opportunity. Now, we heard early on that the Magic want to do their due diligence. And no matter who it is that they like, they want to make sure that they go through a very, very thorough process. But in my opinion, you have a player that we expected very early on, especially through March Madness, for him to be in that conversation. But it seems as if the minute that college was over, he kind of took the back seat and it was more Chet and Jabari. But now we didn't even get a chance to work him out. What are your thoughts on that? Do you who do you who do you fault that on? Because it now we know that it wasn't the magic front office. Now we know that for a fact. But where do we go from here? It's surprising. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard of a prospect not wanting to work out for the pick the team that has the first pick in the draft. Um now, whether it is that he doesn't want to work out for the team or whether it is that he wants to simply go to Houston. A lot of things that we don't know, right? Uh, but it's very surprising. I mean, we had gotten confirmation, or so we thought, that he had worked out for the Magic already and people were reporting it already. And now we're hearing from the same person that, oh, no, he was supposed to be there Sunday and Monday, but it hasn't happened as of today. Today's already Tuesday. So more than likely, he will not make it to Orlando, it seems like. Um, I just wonder. So his agent is Mike Miller, who has really good connections to the Orlando Magic, as we all know. Very close to uh, Coach Mosley. We saw him celebrating when the Magic won the lottery and, and, and dapping him and all that good stuff. My thinking is, does he know something that we don't know? Does he know the Magic truly like Jabari that much? Does he know the Magic like Chet or Jabari as the number one prospect? And he doesn't want to waste his, his prospect, his client's time by coming to Orlando. Does it make too much sense to me? Because if there is a chance he may go one, why not give him that chance? Why not expose him to the Magic and see if he can convince him to go one? Um, but it could also mean something that I've been concerned about the whole time about Paulo, which is his mindset, his aggressiveness, his kind of something about him that, I, that I've said it before in the podcast I haven't liked. And this kind of confirms stuff for me. It's not the right thing to do, man. If I'm in his shoes, you come to Orlando, you work out, you interview, and you do it well because you want to be the first pick in the draft unless there's more to the story that we don't know about. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm really disappointed. I think that even if you don't have a chance to go one and two, I, you would hope that, you know, he has a mindset to say, I don't, I don't care if you don't think that I'm, I'm one or two right now, but let me at least go out there and show you what I have. At least try to convince, uh, talk to them. And just one of the things that we really talked about in the beginning is, you know, I was dying to have Paulo, you know, talk to the front office and convince them otherwise. And we didn't get that opportunity. You would think that the relationship with Mike Miller would give us a better chance at that. And we really didn't get that opportunity. And I think that is very, very unfortunate at the same time. So what? Okay. We didn't work them out. There's enough, there's enough data. There's enough, <coughs> excuse me. There's enough data, there's enough information out there that we're able to utilize and resources to still make the pick if you believe that he is your guy. Uh, 
Now, a part of what I think it is also, and I read this somewhere, but um, the general manager of the Houston Rockets is from Seattle. Kevin Porter Jr. is from Seattle. So from my understanding and from what I've read, there's ties to um, Paolo, and Paolo is familiar with at least the the general manager and Kevin Porter for a little while from that Seattle base. And that might be a reason as to why. Maybe he really, really does want to go to Houston. And I think that that might be the case as well. That could be it. But, I mean, again, what does it say about a guy like Ivy or a guy like Sharp who took their time to come to Orlando to interview with the team knowing that they're not going one? They know that, right? But so we think. Um I don't know. Like I said, there's always been something about Paulo that just has driven me away from him for whatever reason, even though lately I'm kind of like, all right, if he really can be that Jason Tatum, and I love Jason Tatum, and he can be that for the magic, let's go. I still got Jabari higher on my list, but today really disappointed me. Now, could all this be smokescreen? Could all this be just agents controlling the media? Maybe. 100%. We don't know that either. So I cannot judge him because we don't know all the facts, but if this is true... Again, as an outside-looking-in person, as a Magic fan, as a basketball fan, I don't know how I feel about that. Because, again, you would want to have that drive to be the number one pick, unless you really want to control where you go. I, I get it in that sense. But we haven't gotten that. We haven't heard that from anybody, that he's trying to go to Houston, and that's his place. But then again, it, it just kind of, it's tough. Because we finally have the first pick. We finally dictate what we want to do. We draft what we want. And now we're hearing rumors about Paulo doing this. Chet doing some other things. It's like, all right, so we got the first pick, but it's not really helping us when the environment we're in is not helping us. So I don't know. It's disappointing, but at the end of the day, like you said, we didn't work out J.I. We didn't work out J- uh, Jalen Suggs. So at the end of the day, I think Mo Bamba didn't work out for the Magic either. So at the end of the day, none of this matters. If you got the first pick, guess what? You got to come play for us. And the way I view it is you take a look at the whole entire way that the national media have have really have really been communicating this this NBA draft and prospects and mock drafts is really weird because everyone is everyone is selecting Jabari Smith Jr. to the Orlando Magic from the Ringer to ESPN to Bleacher Report everyone has Jabari Smith going to the to the Orlando Magic but when we switch over to everyone's big board every single person's big board has Paolo Bencaro as a number one as their number one. On the list of 60 players that they have in ranking of who the best player is in this draft, they have Paolo number one. And everyone is putting fit. Everyone is saying Jabari should go to the Magic because of fit. My question to you is why is fit so important to everybody? In 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 the way, in the way that I view it is we're one of the worst teams in the NBA. <clears throat> Granted, there's factors. We understand that. But if we're one of the worst teams in the NBA, my the way that I always looked at it is forget fit. You draft based on best player available and you handle everything else later. But I look at a player like Paolo and I don't it is listen, we can't just say that he doesn't fit because he does fit, because he's mm-hmm. versatile. He's a perfect player for a positionless basketball that everyone is trying to play right now. And again, you look at everyone, and everyone is saying. Paolo is the best player in this draft. But for the Magic, you shouldn't pick Paolo. You should pick Jabari. I think what, what what's making that happen is the fact that, yes, most websites have him listed as the best prospect. 
But in reality, nobody really knows that, which is kind of weird to say. Again, we don't have the consensus number one pick this year. So people might say he has the, the higher ceiling. He may be the best prospect in five years from now. But at the end of the day, there are concerns too. And, and I don't know if those concerns are enough to put him down on the list. But like you mentioned, I've, I've read a few articles today. He is the best prospect at the moment that's being listed. So why aren't the Magic falling in love with this guy? You would think. The problem is Jabari has his fan base out there, including myself. He's got guys that believe in him. One of them was today, I forgot his name, on a ESPN interview with Woj and before the, we just started recording. He was comparing Jabari to possibly Kevin Durant. And then you hear those things. It's like, all right, so you have Paolo out there. You have Chet out there who might be a game changer for the NBA for years to come. But nothing's guaranteed. And that's what makes this year's draft so weird. It's that nothing is guaranteed. Um, so it, it, it forces you to kind of just go out there and draft not necessarily for fit, but who you think is going to be the best player in your locker room, in your team for years to come. So if Paulo doesn't want to come to Orlando, for instance, he's kind of making it clear, it seems like, why draft him? That's going to mess up the, the chemistry in the locker room. It's going to mess up things that the Magic have been building the past few years with the young guys. So I guess it goes deeper than, than just talent, and that's why they're seeing Jabari as a better fit. He wants to be here. He can shoot lights out, which the Magic want and need. So based on that, they're, they're kind of allotting him to Orlando for that reason alone. But I agree with you. It shouldn't be just based on that. I mean, let's let's be honest. You you think uh, Weltman and Hammond, they care two licks about who the ringer has at, at number one on their big board or what ESPN is saying. Like, there's nobody in that front office that's taking a look at anyone's uh, decision-making opinions. They're, nobody, they don't care about any of that. They got their own big board. So we, yep. we could sit here and, and have all these conversations all we want. At the end of the day, they have their own vision of, of who they think these players are. And I think that that's the most important thing that we can take from, from all the noise that we've heard. Nobody knows anything. We understand that. The little bit of information that we're getting, <clears throat> we're getting from the players' camps. And we're getting it from you know whatever information that they're leaking. Because we already know the Orlando Magic, they're not leaking anything at all. We're over here trying to get crumbs from, from what everyone else is saying. You got one person that's saying that, yep, they worked out with the Palo has worked out with the magic. A couple of days later, we hear, yep, that didn't happen. So there's a lot of news being thrown around. Uh, even um, uh, Jeff Waltman in the press conference, he's mentioned the terminology uh, gamesmanship. I've heard that a word a lot in different podcasts, and that's exactly what it is that's that's happening. There, there's strategy that's being placed. Um, we can even sit here and say all day long that the Orlando Magic, we're not saying, they don't say anything. They're, they're a closed vault. But who's to say that they're not leaking something, mm -hmm. anything, to make it look like we want this when we're trying to do that? Everyone has their, their own strategy. This whole thing is going to come down to negotiations. It's going to come down to the conversations that they have. And realistically, we're hearing all this noise about this and that. And, and this person is, is the favorite for betting odds. And realistically, the Orlando Magic might just stick with the number one pick and just draft Jabari anyways. And we did all this for nothing, you know, exactly. but at the same time, that's what makes it so fascinating. That's what makes it so fun is the fact that there isn't a consensus. It's the fact that we really literally have no idea what this man is going to do when it comes on June 23rd. And listen, for people like me and you that we have to create content to keep the fan base engaged, we love it. Because again, there, I mean, how many posts do we have today? Like six, seven, eight on Magic HQ? I mean, our topics today are all rumors, are all things we're hearing, are just little snippets from podcasts and articles. 
So again, for me, I mean, I know about you, but in my case, I'm loving this. I, I cannot, I'm not engaged at work as much as I should because I'm just, it's hard. This you know? is fact. Um, <laughs> but so again, to your point, it's, there's a lot of gamesmanship going on with the GMs, not only the Magic, but just other teams, agents, everybody involved in this process, players for that matter, if they really want to go to some place, they're, they're saying certain things in interviews that are dictating what we think. Um, so it's going to be exciting. The good thing is that as we're recording this tonight, we're exactly 48 hours away from draft day. So we're almost at the end of this. We'll know soon enough what's going to happen, but there's a lot of rumors still to come in the, ne- the next uh, 48 hours. Yeah, but let's let's continue turning the rumor mill. So Chet prefers OKC. That's the biggest thing that we've heard. There's been a lot of noise indicating that Chet and his camp seem to prefer him landing in Oklahoma. And today it was also reported that he did indeed share his medical records with the Magic and OKC. Now, the biggest thing is, is that he was trying to hold that information. And originally, he did not want to provide the information to the Magic, ended up giving the information. So now we can really make you know, an educated decision with everything at our grasp. With that being said, if we're hearing from a player or from a camp where they prefer going to OKC, who has the second pick instead of being the number one pick in the draft, instead of having that title, instead of having that money, instead of having all the glitz and the glamour that comes with the number one pick. If you're hearing that, does that scare you? It's concerning for sure. Similar to the, the, the Paulo story, you know, why, you know, how come Paulo wants to go to Houston? How come Chet wants to go to OKC? Like what's so bad about Orlando that you wouldn't want to come to this amazing city where there's no state tax where you have your best buddy playing in Jalen Suggs, playing for the team. Um, I think a lot of it comes down also to play in time and fit. We're talking about from a front office standpoint, why they want Jabari fit. That's what everybody keeps saying. What about players thinking, where am I going to get my minutes? Where can I get, you know, the, the bigger spotlight on day one? I think the Magic have a lot of young guys that have that on them, whether it's Wendell Carter, Franz, Jalen Suggs, Markel. So does Chet want that want a light on him more than he might get it in Orlando? That's kind of what I'm thinking that might be the issue with these two guys at uh, two and three, kind of trying to stay away from Orlando. The rumors were he did not release his medical to the Magic. Now we find out today he actually did. The only two teams that he did was the Magic and the Thunder. So if that's the case, that means that he must be interested in maybe potentially going number one if he's sharing that information with us. If he didn't, he wouldn't have shared it. It was that simple. So again, back to what we said a few minutes ago, there's so much going on, so much noise that we don't know what's real and what's not. But I cannot believe in, in, in a million years that Chet would not want to come to Orlando if the chance was there for him to be drafted number one. And it's, it's something to keep in mind also. The sports agent for um, Chet Holmgren, and I'm not sure if he still is or isn't, but I know that there was some affiliation with Aaron Gordon and also Nikola Vucevic. So who knows if that is maybe a cause of concern also. And at the end of the day, if we're really listening to what they're saying, they're not saying that they don't want to go to Orlando. They're being asked or it's being leaked that there is a preference. So it's not saying that they wouldn't embrace Orlando if they're selected. Um Chet was just recently in an interview where he quote he quoted himself that he it doesn't matter where he goes, if he's selected by either team, you know he's ready to lace him up and and get to work. And I think that that's the most important thing to remember. It's not that you know Powell doesn't want to play for the Magic; is that 
he has a preference. The preference would be Houston for him. That is familiar with the general manager and, and another player there. The For Chet, it's the fact that he feels like there's a better opportunity for his future in OKC. So where he doesn't have to battle it out with, you know, Jonathan Isaac and, and Wendell Carter Jr. and Mobamba and all these different, you know, big men that we have on the team. So from a basketball standpoint, I completely understand it. At the same time, we we wish that us having the number one pick, there's there's somebody there that wants to stand up and say, damn it, I'm I'm the number one pick. You need to select me here. And for what it sounds like, the only person that is really beating their chest and saying that is Jabari Smith Jr., who continues to remain the favorite to be drafted by the Orlando Magic. And with this camp, has been the only one that has really expressed enthusiasm to wear the pinstripes. So when you hear that, and we know that Jabari is your guy, does it make you feel even more comfortable and confident that he should be our number one pick? For sure, 100%. So my biggest of things with whoever we draft is going to be talent, of course. We, we need talent in this team, shooting. Number three for me is fit in the locker room. Like I said earlier, I want to make sure this dude does not distract what we're doing. Because again, we've worked really hard to have a chemistry in our team like we had last year where every player was standing on the bench. They pull for each other. They root for each other. There's really no selfishness in the Orlando Magic from the guy 15th in the roster to the number one guy in the roster. You want to continue that. So being happy where you are plays a big role in that. And if Jabari is that guy, he's saying, hey, I want to go to Orlando. I like the fit. I like the coaching staff. I like the locker room. Hey, man, you, you got you to gotta take that into account, in my opinion. Um, like you said, he's my guy. So I don't want to sound here like, hey, I'm just saying that because he's my, my guy. I, I want him to be drafted by the Magic. Yes, I do. A little bit. But at the end of the day, though, I also think that that's important. Um, And listen, man, everyone cannot be wrong. Like I said, everyone's reporting that Jabari is going to be the guy. It seems like I've heard like two people that have said Chet. That's about it. But everybody else saying Jabari is the guy. So there's something, there's some noise out there. And like you said, maybe it is the magic front office just kind of throwing something out there to see what happens. But if it is the case, man, and he's the guy that we draft, again, whether it's him, Chet, or, or, or Paolo, I'm going to be equally excited because, again, we're getting a really, really good player at number one. But this dude, I really, really believe, can play multiple positions and will be a good fit in the locker room but also on the court based on what we have already in our roster. So if he wants to be here and we agree, meaning our front office agrees, just make it happen already. Don't, don't overthink this. Just do it and, and move on. ESPN, Yahoo, NBA Draft.net, The Ringer, Bleacher Report all have Jabari Smith Jr. going number one to the Orlando Magic. So um, I, I think that for the most part, when people look at it and, and they're comparing the three, I heard a lot of Jabari Chet, Jabari Chet, right? Those those were, if not one, that's that's my other. And I feel like these past you know 14 days has really shifted. Chet has really made like a lot. He's rubbed a lot of the Orlando Magic fan base the wrong way, where he's kind of fallen to that third. Even Vegas is viewing it that way. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the comments that we heard. And I think that we're hearing a lot more of Jabari. Jabari has done a lot of the the press. He was on ESPN um, yesterday with Stephen A. Smith, and there he was talking about how he believes that he should be the number one pick. We heard the comparisons to Kevin Durant, which I don't find 100% accurate, but we're, we're hearing those things. And what I like from Jabari and what I like about Chet that I really don't get from Paolo is that it's it's their intensity that kind of stands out. 
Like these are people that really, and I'm not saying that Paulo doesn't have it because Paulo is my guy, he's my pick. But what what stands out to me about Jabari specifically is what we heard of how about his intensity and how he takes everything so serious. And you know, he he cares about his head coach was was just talking the other day um, about how he he cares about what says on the scare, on the scoreboard more than you know what he cares about his his personal numbers. And he takes practice serious. He takes everything serious and with such a high intensity that I think is is something that's really needed um, for the Magic team. And I think that it's it's something that is contagious and can really rub people the the right way to to push the team forward. And I think that when it comes to Jabari, I I wouldn't be upset if we select him. I think that a lot of people would embrace him quickly. People will automatically forget about Che and about um, Paolo. At the end of the day, we're hearing the same things from the three where everyone has their own opinion about Who's going to be that next all-star? Who's going to be the next generational talent? Who's going to be the face of the franchise? And and what's crazy is that we are literally less than 48 hours before we find out who. It's exciting. I mean, for how long have we waited and wanted for us to draft a guy that can shoot or, or, or acquire, for that matter, via trade, a guy that can shoot or signing free agency, a guy that can shoot? We're less than 48 hours away from being able to do so. Whether it's Chet or Jabari or Paolo, for that matter, you're getting a scorer, a guy that can come into the league and, and average hopefully 15, 20 points as a rookie. That's exciting. Um, but to follow up quickly on the Jabari Smith topic, like you mentioned, man, that the mindset that this kid has as a 19-year-old kid is to be the greatest player in the league. And he also wants to win the championship more than anything. Exact quotes that he said in a recent interview Again, as a 19-year-old kid, to say those things, it's exciting. As a Magic fan, you want to have a player, as a rookie, thinking that way. Um, and the work ethic. So when you talk about those things, the work ethic, the fact that he's a great guy, good person, sounds like a Magic player to me. That's, that's why, to me, this whole entire process has been about Jabari for me, because everything I hear about the kid, it's like he was scripted or, or made for our front office. Wingspan, length, can shoot, can defend. I mean, what's there not to like? Um, I just sent you a quick text that you found it on Twitter. So Jabari Smith's pulling away again on Vegas odds, by the way. As we're recording this, we're kind of just reporting live things. So Jabari now on Bet, Bet MGM, minus 200. On DraftKings, minus 210. So for a few days, we've seen that kind of lead dwindle down. Check kind of catching up. Paulo catching up most recently. It's kind of going back up into the Jabari way as well. So Vegas may know something, which they always do. Um, and again, if that is the case, exciting. If it's not, so be it. Like I said, any any of those top three guys in Orlando would be a great fit no matter what. Yeah, and to add to that, we're we're looking at a kid that is literally one year younger than Chet Holmgren. So you're telling me like right right now, if 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 we're going by based on everyone's power ranking, you have a player that is one year younger than Chet that's already considered better. So what is he going to look like a year from now once he has the NBA experience, when he really starts growing into his body even more? And God forbid this dude ends up messing around and, and start you know, creating a handle for himself and being able to be a, his own playmate, uh, be, be a playmaker in the NBA. Now everything that we were talking about, and granted you can make this argument for either one of the, the three, but you're, you're looking at an all-around player that already plays that way which is minor things that can be really tweaked and, and, and really be highlighted because everything that we've heard, everything that we've read, you know, he really all, everything that, you know, you kind of see him as where he has these, these deficiencies that he didn't get a chance to really showcase it in college. And that's, that's kind of the things that people are really poking at. 
Yep. I mean, we've heard about the num- numerous things about him. The, the fact that his guards were not really good guards, so he had yep. to kind of be a, a guy that created out of nothing. He was giving the ball a lot, laying the shot clock to say, hey, you make something happen because the shot clock's winding down. Um, and again, yes, there are areas of weaknesses, but like you mentioned, man, this kid is 19 years old. People are acting like this guy is 30 and can no longer develop and improve on his game. I mean, I mean, not for nothing. Back to Stephen Curry for a second. Can you compare Stephen Curry today to what he was in 09 when he came into the league? Nope. Strictly a shooter? No, right? J.J. Redick, another guy that came out of college being one of the greatest shooters in college. Took him a few years to kind of figure it out, but he was 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, a dude that really couldn't do much other than just shoot the ball. Jabari's a dude that can impact the game on both sides of the floor, can shoot the ball, can attack the rim. Again, there's so many things that this kid can bring to the table. Again, I'm not going to fall in love with the kid just yet because it hasn't happened. I don't, I don't, I don't believe nothing until it actually happens with the Magic. But if we do draft this kid, it's going to be exciting. And not for nothing. I never bought a Evan Fournier jersey, number 10, because I never thought he was going to be here for long. I cannot wait if he is number 10 in Orlando because, man, what a perfect replacement for number 10 from Fournier stop, to... Uh... Stop lying, man. <laughs> don't, don't waste your money. Just go ahead and grab your Evan Fournier jersey that you got in the closet and just <laughs> do, buy, buy the letters on the Amazon and make your own adjustments. Never. <laughs> <laughs> now, there, there has been, there's, there's been rumors indicating that Rockets have inquired about moving to number one. Is a trade, could the Magic really trade that number one pick? Is that, is that really a possibility? Do you see it happening? Or do you really believe that you know the Orlando Magic are just going to stand put and they're just going to select that one? I think if you have your guy and you like that guy, just pick and get your guy. Well, this Jabari, Chet, or Paulo are number one. Just do that. I mean, so much could go wrong if you say, hey, let me trade on to three because we know that X player will be there. But guess what? Now that team you traded with all of a sudden played you and then so ends up taking the guy that you really wanted. Or OKC at two. Surprises you, doesn't take chat. And instead they take Jabari, for instance, in this case. It, too much can go wrong. So if you are in love with a player, you like a player enough, stay at one, make the pick, move on. Now, if the opposite happens, you do not have a guy that you're number one on, you're not really in love with anybody, you're okay with, the, with those top three like we are, okay, any of those three will work. Then yeah, tr- trade down, acquire another asset in the process, and then just drop whoever's left over at three. But you have to be really, really sure that you don't like any one guy specifically more than the other. I mean, we can't sit here and say that hasn't happened, won't happen. It's exactly what happened, um, you know, back in 2017 with the Boston Celtics, where they ended up trading down and ended up getting Jason Tatum. Amazing trade. You know, it's an amazing outcome. Can I see it happening? Absolutely. Do I think that it will happen? I, I feel like. As, as much as we've seen our front office now, because we, we have a really big sample size in, in the way that they operate, is that they are a bit conservative, but when they have to make a move, they have shown the ability to be able to pull the trigger. Markel Fultz, Nicola trade, um, Aaron Gordon trade. So they've, they've done a lot, of, a lot of really, really good. And I think that when you have the number one pick and you're in a draft where there isn't a consensus, I think you have to ask yourself, do you really, did you find that player that you said that you fell in love with? And I think that if the answer is yes, then you go ahead and you select that pick. But if the answer is, damn, I really love this player, but I love this player and also love that player. 
I think that ultimately it would come down to now you're able, you're in a position where you're able to maximize your leverage. You're able to use that number one pick and you're able to trade down, trade down to the second pick, the third pick. So for example, let's say that the Thunder really wants Chet. That's their guy. And they're not in love with Jabari or or Paolo. And the Magic convinced them, well, if you want Chet, you come and take him. Because if you don't take him, then we're going to take him. I think that's the only way that we will be able to see. Obviously, that's the only way that we'll be able to see that type of move. But I think that when it all comes down to it, I think the Magic are just going to stand put. And I think that they're going to select Jabari at one. I think that all this conversation, everything that we've been doing the last couple of days, I think ultimately it's going to be the most predictable thing possible. <laughs> and that's Jabari at one. And I don't I don't mean that in a boring way. I don't I don't mean that as uh, in, in a bad way. I think that that's still a very winnable outcome. And it's something that a lot of people should be excited for. Yeah. I mean, it, it may sound boring now because we've been hearing about it for the last two, three months. But last year, if, if you think back to last year in June after the draft, the number one prospect was really Paulo and Chet coming out. So it is surprising that the Magic, let's say, end up picking Jabari Smith. That wasn't what we knew was going to happen a year ago. So things have shifted a little bit in the last 9, 10, 11 months. Um, but very quickly to respond to your comment about the 2017 draft with like Markel and, and Jason Tatum dropping to three, the thing there, I, in my opinion, was you kind of knew who one and two was going to be. Markel was going to be one no matter what. We knew two was going to be number two no matter what. Jason Tatum was basically the Celtics saying, we don't want Markel. You can take him. We'll, we'll drop to three. The thing with this year's draft is you don't know who's one, two, or three. We're hearing a lot of things, but we don't know officially right. who really is in that order. So the Magic drop into three thinking we're gonna, we can get Jabari there may not work out. And then you, you, you get stuck with Paulo, who didn't work out for you. It may be 100% great a year from now, but that wasn't what you intended to do. Does that shift things in, in the way you approach free agency, trades, so it's a lot that it impacts that decision. So that's why, in my opinion, if you know your guy, it all comes down to what you said and what I said. If you fall in love with a guy, you already have a plan for free agency. You have a plan for the draft, um, for trade market. Don't mess it up. Don't overthink this. Yeah, you can get greedy and get another pick in the process, but don't do that. If you have a plan in place, execute it, move on. And it's crazy because everyone knew 2017 Markel Foles is going to be the number one pick to the point that when when the Sixers got the pick, they already had when they brought Markel Fultz in, you know, they they already had this man, his jersey inside of a locker room already. Like they they knew that that was a player that they they really wanted. I can't remember if the visit was before or after. I, I obviously it was before the trade, right? Anyways, I I think that that's what makes this draft so freaking unique and so exciting, and a lot of people are so anticipated for it. It's the fact that you literally, like, it could be either chaos or it can be predictable. It's literally one or the other. There's no in-between. It's either everything you thought it was going to be or, my God, I can't believe that happened. And people are going to have their own opinions on, you know, if the magic did good, didn't do good, whatever the case may be. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. People are going to be really, really excited, and I can't wait for us to be at the Amway celebrating, whatever the pick may be. 48 more hours. Yeah. All right. So real quick, before we end the episode, uh, Terrence Ross. So it was commented during the Jeff Waltman press conference. He was asked about it. He made his comments on how he is the utmost professional. And, you know, there, there, there's, there's a possibility that he may or may not be on the roster, but what do you think? Is, is this, is Terrence Ross gone? Do we believe that we are not going to see him again in a magic uniform? 
I think so. So, I mean, he, he's already addressed this in a podcast in the past. Yesterday in a story, he, he did like a little Q&A. Somebody asked him, why are you playing next season? He gave it one of these like, who knows type of uh, reactions. Um, I, think, I think it's over. I think, again, Terrence Ross, if you know me, love the guy. A lot of great memories in Orlando. The Human Torch. I mean, he's a key member. Now he's making the playoffs back-to-back years. Gave us something we haven't had in a while. A, a wing player that can shoot the ball, attack the rim, throw out, throw down some highlights. Crazy, amazing player for, for our team. The thing is, unfortunately, time has passed. We, we're now a young team. We're now only minutes for the young players to, to develop. Um, if Gary Harris is back, then that's where the minutes go. So... Unfortunately, it's time for him to go. Now, the unfortunate part is we're not going to get what we should have gotten maybe a year ago had we traded him, which would have been easily a first-round pick. Now we're going to get stuck with two future second-rounders, if that, and maybe a young player that a team doesn't really want. Um, So his value is really at an all-time low right now because he didn't really have a good season. And again, we waited way too long to to make this move, if you ask me. Um, But again... Not too excited about it, but it's going to happen. He's had other better seasons, I agree. I think at the same time, he's still young enough in his vet role where you at least still know what you're getting. And I think that, yeah, maybe Terrence Ross might not get you a first-round pick. At the same time, you know, we the Magic do have the option to be able to include whatever with Terrence Ross to try to move up, whether it be your early second-round picks, whether it be another player, whatever the case may be. There's there's definitely options, but I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Um, I think that he's definitely a player that <clears throat> he's he's done his time with us. He's the last man standing from the Rob Hennigan regime, and I think that it's 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 about time that you know you you let the bird fly and and go where it is that he wants to go. And I think that we've gotten to that point. Even if we don't get back what we're expecting to get back, you know, he's a player that has done a lot of good for the franchise, a fan favorite. He definitely deserves to to be able to go somewhere where. You know, he appreciates playing the basketball and, and playing the game of basketball and being able to compete, you know, for, for a veteran team and not just a team that's rebuilding. Yeah, and, I, and I'm pretty sure the Magic will do right by him. So whatever he wants to go, they'll accommodate him. Hopefully he'll be a contender. Um, I don't know why. I keep, I keep thinking he's going to be one of the L.A. teams, whether it's the Lakers, the Clippers. I keep thinking he's going to be ending up in, in a team like that here over the next uh, few weeks. Yeah, and and we still have – there's so many different things. Like, granted, we have the draft coming up. But then we got free agency. We still need to find out what's going to end up happening with Gary Harris and Mo Bamba. It was said that the Miami Heat are, are a team that's interested in Mo Bamba. I read somewhere that maybe the Brooklyn Nets as well. So that's going to be a lot of really interesting. Do you do you believe or do you see Mo Bamba really going out there and signing another contract with another team and putting the decision on the Magic? I mean, I could see that happening. I could see the Magic kind of saying, see what you can get out there, and then we decide what to do with you. Um the only team that could really blow out of the water will be Detroit because they have a ton of cap space. So if they throw a ton of money at him, we don't want to match, then that's it. He walks off for nothing. But I don't think so. I don't see any team giving him more than the mid-level exception, which is about $10 million. Uh, and then you have the decision to make. Do you decide, hey, let's pay him like we did to Wendell. Let's keep him here for another three, four years. Or you say, hey, we draft a Chet. We don't have room for you anymore. You can walk. So it all depends on what happens on Thursday. And then from there, we can kind of predict what's going to happen over the next uh, few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Now, with that with that being said, you know, free agency does begin June 30th at about 6 p.m. So that's coming right around the corner. Um, but the, the draft is is where our priority and our focus is right now. What are your final predictions? 
I'm going to surprise you. Um, I think the Orlando Magic do not make a trade. And I do think they end up taking Chet with the first pick. That's not really a surprise. Eh, that would be another. Meaning, except I, I think you're expecting me to say we draft Jabari number one. Like, I think that's what, you, knowing that I like Jabari so much. But I, I just think they're going to surprise all of us and take Chad number one and then mix reactions. Because again, every poll that we've done on Twitter over the last few weeks, I've done it every single week. Jabari is always above 50% in the Magic Fighting Base saying we want that guy. If you draft Chet, there'll be a great majority that will be happy, but some of us will be like, they would do the right thing. And I think, unfortunately, that's what may happen on Thursday night. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I think the magic will do, if you ask me. We already know that nobody knows anything. Like, nobody knows nothing. Nobody knows nothing about the Orlando Magic. But I think that if Jabari isn't selected, then it confirms that really nobody knows nothing. And I think that that's going to be the comical part of all this. What I think the Magic will do, my prediction is that they will select Jabari at one. That, that is my prediction. What I want them to do is I want them to trade the number one pick and either get Paolo or still get Jabari. Like I, I just think that that would be the most gangster move that the Orlando Magic could do is if Jabari is your guy, still find a way to trade the number one pick and still get your guy Jabari. I think that would be crazy, and I think that's something that we would have to literally applause the Orlando Magic for doing. Um, but my my heart and my brain, my gut is still saying you got to find a way to get Paolo. He's a he's the best player in the draft right now. Still has a whole lot of upside, and I think that if if we don't select a player like that, I think we might look back and maybe not regret, but we'll keep an eye on and say, damn man, I I, I wonder how this team would have been if we would have had a player like that on this roster. It's unfortunate, man. Yeah, but I will say this though, OKC has like a million draft picks over the next few years. This is fact. Just call them and say, hey, take number one, give me number two, and take send me another draft yeah. pick. Yeah. That's it. Like, take your guy. You Got want enough. Chet, take Chet. You want Jabari, take Jabari. And we'll take that next guy, who is, whoever's left at that point. But again, yeah. highly unlikely if you ask me. Yep. We will find out soon enough. A lot of exciting things that happen within the next 24, 48 hours. So um, if you guys are heading out to the Amway, we will be out there for the NBA draft party. Um, and on that note, man, we're, we're going to find out soon. It's a wrap. Catch you guys next week. Well, we'll catch you guys immediately after the NBA draft. We'll be recording an emergency pod. So we'll talk to you guys then. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.